podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. Boom! It's spooky. It's free play Friday. We have the beauty, the beast, and the brain. I'll let you guys decide who is who. It is myself, Scott Wildcat, Grant KSU, and the man who is, honestly, at this point, he might as well be our third co-host. It is the head honcho over at Online, Matt Hall. Boys, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good, and when I was driving home today from Kansas City, I was telling Logan, who really wants to do the show, by the way, um, about this, and I said, yeah, I think I got the most appearances now, and he's like, what does that get you? And I was like, well, I mean, like a koozie and stuff, um, but I think, I'm, I think I'm up there with Fan now. Yeah, I think you have Fan beat. Grant, are we ever going to bring Fan on, or do you think he, his head's just gotten a little bit too big now that he's in the press box all the time? <laughs> yeah, he's been he's relegated. Matt is Matt has been promoted to number one. Yes. Uh, I think he's definitely got a little bit of a cushion in terms of numbers, episode numbers. I think he does. One of these days I'm gonna create a database so we can keep track of all of it. That would be wise. And if we could run this as like a two parter so I get two episodes, that's something to think about. Well, maybe not this one, but you do have a history of having the longest podcast, the first ever yeah. crossover, and the yearbook show. So we know you have a uh, 7 yeah. o'clock AEW date with Flando and rest of the boys. So right. we probably should get rolling so you, you don't have to, you know, snub them for us. I mean, I don't want to do that because I would feel sad. So we are right. And, and uh, I'm going to keep it so brief today. Watch. Uh, I you don't have to keep it super brief, but we we will jump we will jump into it today. It is October twenty third. The folks are going to hear this on October twenty fifth. Only two months until Christmas, and uh, just under a week until Halloween. Just for reference, you were in at Big Twelve Media Day in Kansas City. I think it's weird that Grant and I went all the way to Dallas for Football Media Day, <laughs> but in our own backyard, only a mile from where we work. Uh, Big 12 media day for basketballs in Kansas City. We didn't go. It is what it is. But outside of any sort of K-State storylines or K-State-centric stuff, what was the dominating storyline or topic that was being talked about at Big 12 media day today? Well, I was telling – I mentioned Logan again. I was telling Logan today about you guys being at Big 12 football media days and how well it went. He's like, why aren't they here? And I was like, I said – I'm pretty sure it's my fault because like, I, I think I had to be the middleman to forward something along there and I never did. So that's probably why that is. As far as, you know, the theme outside of outside of K-State today, I mean, kind of a lot of a ton of buzz, of course, and interest, all the interest around, you know, KU and Bill Self and Adidas and the FBI. But I mean, there really was very little as far as questions about that because it's made pretty clear that, you know, that's not what he not what he wanted. Um, you take you take that away. And I don't know what there was. It, it's, it's unique because last year. 
K-State kind of was a story. Like, could K-State be the team that snapped KU's streak? And there was a, a story aside from Kansas at the at Big 12 Media Days. And then today, I, didn't, I guess I didn't feel like that. I felt like every team had its own individual storylines, but there wasn't necessarily an overarching theme that kind of ran, you know, program to program. Just before we keep moving on, if you had to power rank the top uh, two guys up at the podium today mm-hmm. of the coaches, what two did best, and then alternatively, what two maybe struggled the most at the podium? Oh, man. I mean, in the best, uh, Chris Beard was definitely in the best two. So I guess that makes him maybe like number one, you know, because I said him so quickly. Uh, other than him, I'm kind of a sucker for Mike Boynton. So I guess those two were, the I thought, the best. On the flip side, I don't know that it was his fault. In fact, I'm sure it wasn't. But I think Bob Huggins may have got one question while he was up there. And I think it is a little his fault because he just is not terribly approachable, you know, at these settings. So he wasn't very good. And, I mean, I'm going to – I don't know. I'm going to be mean and throw Bill Self in the bottom group, you know. I mean, he you know, tries to address it by the fact he's not going to talk about it, et cetera. And I understand that. But um, it was just a really awkward room with him in there because he was the only room that people really gathered for, the only speaker people really gathered for. And he didn't give anybody what they wanted to hear, what they wanted to talk about. And so he really lost their attention fast and made him kind of an awkward speaker to me. So I guess that's my, my two on each side. Oh, that Bill Self was such a phony baloney. <laughs> yeah, you got him. Hey, pivoting back, you know, to the uh, reason for the season, K-State Media Days, you had Bruce Mack and X available to you. What were the talking points and narratives that came away from those folks? They sent us a second Mac today as well. Uh, we had Pierce and McAtee, so they get four. So that was a surprise. Um, I mean, I, I think the message you, you, the questions you expect, you know, how do you feel about you pick ninth came a lot. They didn't, they didn't get too far into that. Um, and, I, and I'll sound cliche, but maybe it was a little cliche from them too. The message really just is how how K State really, really believes they have a culture in place um, that. Bruce even said they literally looked it up. You know, what D, what's DNA? And DNA replicates itself like this, and it's self-sustaining, et cetera. And that they got to really talking about, you know, that they believe they literally have that now in place. Um, and they think that when new people come in, you know, like Monty or Antonio or Dejuan or, or even David Sloan, you know, that they catch on to it so much faster than they used to. So I think that's what they're most proud of and what they talked about the most um, outside of, you know, individual stuff about their own games, you know, when asked. So – here, here's my question for you. Did Bruce, you know, explain and give a definition of DNA well enough that he could have been a biology teacher? <laughs> uh, I got to go back and watch it to say my, my, my gut instinct is no, but he gave a kind of answer that made you tell he really did look it up. You know what I'm saying? Like he said enough and had enough excitement on his face that you're like, no, he really did go and look this up and then go tell his players, you know, all excited what it is. Um, but I don't, yeah, not not well enough that it could have, you know, taught a guy like me uh, enough about it. I like to picture Bruce, like, going to Hale Library, flipping through right. a science book and getting all excited, like, texting Coach Lowry and being like, I, I figured it out, I figured it right. out. The great was, visual. Another interesting Bruce Weber note today um, that Derek Young made is that for a not incredibly tall person, Bruce Weber takes very long strides. And Derek noticed that today, and he could not be more right. And try to watch Bruce Weber walk in the future and not notice that. Um, it's going to ruin him for you. Oh, man, I, I can't wait. And I, I'm a short guy who takes very short steps, so I'm envious oh. of that. It's going to be interesting to see your reaction. Well, I, I'm going to be looking forward at the exhibition game. 
Um, we will we will jump in, pick your brain about the uh, scholarship players on the team. We did leave uh, Mr. Pearson McAtee off and all the other walk-ons, but we do want to touch on it. The first guy I have on my list, Xavier Sneed. I know for me personally, I'm really hoping he takes that alpha role and has the type of season where he can get put in a position like Barry and Dean did that he has a shot to play in the association. So what do you think the expectations and hopes are for Xavier Sneed from the staff and from the team? And do you think he can deliver on that? I think they're awfully close to yours. Um, I mean, is to, he'll be a different kind of player. And of course, you know that too, but it is to embrace that face of the program alpha, whatever it is you want to call it, you know, that Barry Brown was last year and that maybe Dean Wade and Cam Stokes were too, to an extent. So I think that's what they want from him. It's, it's interesting uh, like I, I straight up asked X today, like, do you like that? Like, do you like the idea of being the face of the program or being the number one guy? And I'll be quite honest, he answered pretty fast and he said no. Um, so that was a little bit interesting because my gut has always told me that he is almost a little more comfortable being at the number two guy. And he kind of see reference, you know, even back in AAU, he's behind Jason Tatum and here. As the, he didn't say he doesn't want it, but I mean, it, it, he also isn't somebody who just craves, has been craving that his whole, his whole life. And I'm not trying to pivot this question to Cardi. Um, Cardi, it feels like that X it, it, it doesn't. So I think from X, why they want to see that, I think what they really expect and hope is that he just, uh, increases his leadership and tenacity and those kind of things we're talking about a little bit while becoming a, just a better basketball player and hopefully a borderline, you know, all big 12 guy because of his, because of his skill. Well, I'll pivot to Cardi. Um, Cardi, you know, has shown flashes of elite ability that he can score in droves. He's also shown stretches of, you know, anonymity um yeah i'm hoping to see some more positive consistency from the junior guard what are you hoping to see from cardi i mean the same uh, i think i think he'll be the best player on k-state's team this year i mean well the, x might be the better player all around but i think if you know the average fan or even you and me says who is k-state's mvp who's their best player i think we're gonna understand it's cartier jada i really believe that but you're right he has had you know, instances where he's not just not their best player, you know, but kind of invisible. So that, that concerns me a little bit. And if I'm being, you know, real transparent, he's so comfortable now in this almost leader slash star role. I hope it's not a thing where like, um, he thinks that's going to come easy. Uh, but my, but my honest gut instinct is that's not the case. I, I think from everyone I've talked to around him, him, you know, people off the record, that kind of stuff, like they don't, they're not concerned about that. But I just, I just can't not say that because they're such they're two such interesting personalities to where X is almost like he, he's like, I worry that he's too OK with not being the star. And Cardi on the flip side is is too willing of that uh, to accept that role. So we'll see how it works out. So if you were going to come up with the quote unquote big three for this season, the third guy on that list is going to be McCall Mayween. Uh, he's a dude who I think all through last season I probably was overly critical of uh, due to his ability to get in foul trouble some games he wasn't able to score it but people like yourself people like Jimmy really put me in my place and pointed out especially when it comes to defense him able to hedge on those screens and how elite he can be on that end of the floor um, are dumb idiots like me going to be silenced is Mac <laughs> going to be able to stay on the floor is he going to be putting up 12 points game or what what is mac going to bring this season uh i mean i worry if i again if i mean just real real honest here that i, I think you get you might feel similar about him and i know you're you're kind of joking and stuff like the stuff that mac does makes people mad is absolutely reasonable it really really is you know 
Um, and I and I and I wonder is he all of a sudden going to become a guy who who finishes around the around the rim consistently, who catches the ball consistently, those kind of things. Because I just wonder, like I think you can get better at a lot of things, and Mac has, and like you said, we can talk about the, the technicalities of his defense forever and why he could be the best defender in the league, you know, next year, all things together. But the things that he's not doing that bug people, you know, maybe I'm being too pessimistic, but I just would be surprised if all of a sudden he becomes pretty polished down there. I think it can become better, and hopefully you're right. He can set a foul trouble, which by you know just by definition would give him more chances to score. Um, but I but I but I wonder about that. I thought it interesting about Mac today is I was able to ask Bruce like straight up. I mean, when Levi and Mac are on the floor, I kind of I started to ask like, would Mac still be the five? You know, assuming he'd be the four. And Bruce like stopped me and said, no, Mac would be the four in that scenario. So I mean, that's something that we probably assumed. But I mean, anytime I think they're going to start Levi and Mac. I mean, so I think Mac's probably going to start technically as a stretch four on offense. Um, now, how many minutes will he play that way? It might be like five. You know, it may not be very, very many. But when I was thinking of Mac's game this year, I wasn't thinking about the possibility of him literally starting, at least on the offensive end, as as the four, which might be the case. Next up on the docket is a very interesting case in Mike McGurl, you know, a player that I don't think a whole lot of people really know what yeah. he is at K-State. Um you know, I hope to see Mike McGrill take a major step forward. Um, you know, he's a junior now. It's time for him to step into that role. You know, he played 34 games last year and only averaged 3.6 points. Um, again, we've seen flashes from him, too, like against West Virginia. He kind of yep. saved our bacon in that game. I'd love to see him improve his perimeter game the most. You know, he was only hitting 27% from three last season. Matt, what would you like to see from Mike McGrill? Uh, it, I don't want to just keep saying you guys are right, but you guys are right, man. I mean, it's like I, when you say, like, I don't know who he is. Like, that's the great way to put it, because we all we all love Mike McGurl. I mean, I think I can speak for K-State fans and you guys, like, because of how he burst onto the scene and felt like it won that Creighton game and he mean mug Marcus Foster. And then, like you talked about, the West Virginia game when K-State sees he's been big in so many crucial moments that we all really, really like him. Um, and he's a really, really good defensive, a very good defensive player. He's a valuable piece. But, yeah, if you're being real and honest, and look at his offensive production last year. Like he was was pretty gosh darn inefficient on not many shots. So that's a pretty bad combination. I mean, that's that's the question. If he can become a guy, or if you if I hope he can become a guy like you, that he's shooting, I don't know, 32, 33, 35 percent. You know, not 34, I guess, um, from three, and and with some efficiency. Like I think I think he could be a, a very good player. But I I still wonder if he's not just going to be a career sixth, seventh man type player who really does show up in the moments like we're talking about. We'll remember him as being this really, really, really important player, and he was, but maybe never reaches, you know, that at a consistent level. The next guy on the list, he dropped the kneel from his name, just Sean Williams. I think he was the guy that, you know, based on hype from fans, media, even the coaches himself, I don't think in hindsight he was ever going to be able to live up to uh, you know, the narrative that was painted for him leading into that season. Uh, right. Is he going to be able to step up and maybe get to some of that potential that we all hoped to see? Or is this maybe going to be a season where, you know, we come away thinking, all right, maybe he's never going to reach those highs we dreamed of? I, I think even in the last like month, I would have answered that question different three or four different times. And I know that doesn't instill a lot of confidence. Um, but, but right now I feel like it's the more positive side. Like I felt like today Bruce spoke about the last couple of times. I feel like Bruce has spoke about him, not in glowing terms, but I felt like in the most positive, 
unafraid to praise that he's ever been of Sean Williams. And I thought today he talked about him that way in a way that he's very comfortable having. He talked about having two point guards on the floor, you know, almost all the time because he's so comfortable with like, you know, Sean and Cardi and David's how he talked about it. And that was kind of different. Um, so I'm, I just, I'm more on the positive side. I know, I know what the coaches think of him athletically. I know they were frustrated at times, even in the last few months. Um, but, I, but it sounds more positive now because Bruce doesn't hide it when he's frustrated with Sean Williams. Um, so I would have reason to believe he's, he's got a chance to be a factor. Um, but you're right about last year too. And so I think even this year, as I say, a factor, you know, I, I don't, I don't mean, Hey, he's going to start 30 games and average eight a game. Like I don't expect that at all, but I think he would be a guy who could be a, ro- a rotational player. And I wasn't sure of that, you know, a few weeks ago. So I think it's moving in the right direction. Old shy Levi Stockard. I think guys that you could make a case for the statement that not only is this a massive season for Levi Stockard, but I actually think a large portion of this season's success hinges on Levi Stockard and his level of contribution. Um, we really need him to take a big step forward and be a present in the post. Matt, how do you think he will fare this season? Can he become that second post presence, you know, behind Mac? I, that's, a, that's absolutely the case. And even again, similar to the last answer a few months ago, I just, I, I one never would have said that and thought it was going to be that much on Levi. And then two, Never would have thought he could really, you know, handle that role. Um, but the things, you know, I've been told, whether it's on video or off video or off the record about what he's done in the summer have been really positive. And again, somewhat similar to Sean Williams. I'm going to say I do now believe he can be a rotation guy who there's going to be games where you watch it and think, man, Levi Stockard, you know, had nine and seven tonight. And that was big for us. And we got this win. And that might happen more often than, it, you know, more often than not. But I, I still think he's going to be a guy who's probably – you know, a, a low volume shooter and score, probably not going to have a, you know, a ton of boards. I don't know how many minutes he's going to play, but I think he's going to play more than he was, you know, last year, significantly more, you know, probably in the 16, 17, 18 range. And he's going to start probably a good amount of games. So, so yeah, he does need to be that second big. And, and I think he can be enough of one to, to keep from uh, seeing a, a, just a huge drop off from what you get from Mac, from what you get to the next guy. But like Sean, I would still stop short of saying that I think he's going to be like a quality starter who you think is constantly making, you know, differences and wins. When it comes to Levi Stockard, my biggest concern is his hairdo. I don't know what he was thinking. I think he needs to, you know, get rid of the cornrows, the braids, and I don't think that's a good look for him. For a team that's so attractive, I just, I don't like it. I don't either, you know, and maybe I'll have to tell him about it because, you know, now I've said it publicly, so I think I'm going to have to. But maybe he's, you know, maybe he's just trying to, you know, play a different role on the team. If, like you said, it's a very attractive team, maybe you got to have a tougher looking guy on there. He, you know, maybe that's, maybe there's something to it. He does look tough. I will give him that. Right. Um, before we'll end uh, the, the player talk on uh, the two end of the bench bigs, but I want to get into you know, the newcomers um, and the one who has the mo- most high hype, uh, Deshaun Gordon, um, you know, if this team is going to reach its ceiling, I think it's going to be because of him. We've heard the sound bites from Bruce. You know, he's waking up to text from Gordon asking what he needs to do to get better. And he wants to break Barry Brown's steel record and Eric Bossy's hyping him up. Um, yep. Are, are fans getting to the point where it's that it, we need to maybe pump the brakes and not put all that expectation on them? Or are you saying full steam ahead? You know, this guy is the real deal. I am. I am just awfully tempted to just say full steam ahead. The guy is a real deal. 
And, and I and what I would say that again, maybe I'm being, you know, maybe it's a battle of semantics or word choice. Like if, if, if Dejuan Gordon this year uh, averaged 10, 10 and four, like, I think that would be amazing. You know what I mean? Like, cause I think he'd be coming off the bench. I don't think, I think he'd be, you know, the third, fourth option in the offense or whatever. And I, so I think if he were able to put up a line like that with good efficiency and be a good defender and be, you know, just like just the athlete everyone wants to watch play. Like, I think that to me is a guy who, you know, lived up to expectations. If people are already hearing it and saying, well, he's going to average 16 a game and be the leading scorer or, or the best player or be a threat to leave early after this year. To those people, I'd say, yeah, pump the brakes. But if you're expecting him to be a, a significant contributor as a true freshman, which doesn't happen a lot, you know, I mean, to a, on, a, on a good basketball team, I think that's going to happen. And, uh, and I, I really struggle to find a reason to think why it won't at this point. First, I just want to say that uh, I think Levi Sockard looks fine. Okay. You guys, need to, you guys need to cool it. Well, I'll tell him you said it was fine. Okay. Seconds to continue, you know, with the new newer faces freshman, Montavious Murphy. You know, I expect this to be a big developing year for him. Obviously, as a freshman, I'd be pleased if we could just get him to be, you know, good enough to challenge and push Stockard for that second post spot just for, you know, depth competition purposes and, you know, maybe occasionally give us some nice comp- contribution, you know, nothing crazy like – Eight right. points, eight rebounds, something here and there to pop up uh, or something along that line. Matt, what say you? Yeah, that's about where it should be. And I I, I really like Montavious Murphy. I'm like biased to him. So I'm just going to admit that throughout his whole career. Like I was biased to Cam throughout his whole career. So take anything I praise Monty Murphy with, with the giant grain of salt. Because I just, just really like him. I think he's really nice. He's been really good to me. I met his family and stuff. So I'm just going to be biased and like this kid for his whole career. And you can disregard everything I say about him. But like a month ago, I was kind of worried about him, meaning like I knew he'd had some nagging injuries, like a lot of freshmen. Uh, but you get, I got the sense that maybe the adjustment was a little harder for him, like physically, even than Antonio Gordon, as well as Dejuan and, and of course, David Sloan. And, and I was a little bit concerned. Um, but I think that's turned pretty fast. And there's a lot of people who think he's made pretty rapid progress the last couple of weeks. Um, they now wonder if he, he they think he's somebody who might have a chance to grow into playing a, the five for them and not because he can't play the three but they think he might just get big enough that they could do that with him. I, I, I think Levi, I'd be surprised if he ever truly jumps Levi in the rotation this year. There'll be games where he does, where you think, oh, they played Monty more minutes than Levi, or he played better than Levi. But I don't think you'll look at the season and say he ever jumped him. So I think it's about what you're talking about. Um, but I think that's now. Uh, sorry. We need, Levi to think that he, we need Levi to think that, though. Well, yeah. That's what I expect from him. Yeah, but you're not helping. But you're not helping Levi like be edgy by telling him he looks good. No, he looks good and tough. You know, you can look good and tough. Well, I, okay, and I'm just saying if ain't edgy. Yeah. Okay, I just thought we're doing everything we can for Levi, and you're over here telling him how good he looks. But uh, it's you know, it's it's not a big deal. <laughs> All right, the final <laughs> of the freshmen for this class, Antonio Gordon. Um, he, he wasn't in the Rivals 150. He's never been in the Rivals 150. Right. But he was a walking bucket down in Oklahoma. Um, I, I maybe, maybe I'm trying to project a little too much, but I, I have hopes that this guy, maybe not this year, but he'll eventually develop into a scorer. Uh, my own personal belief is maybe he'll have a tougher time adjusting to being that tenacious defender that we look for in that position. Uh, a, do you think he will – you know, turn into that defender will, and then will he also be able to get buckets? Then also this year, what will he be asked to do? Uh, if anything at all, it's just, again, a very similar feel to what I have about him. I, 
I really like him. I think he's a better player than I thought he was as a prospect. I know K-State sincerely really likes him. Um, I think, you know, I think he was trending higher than Monty Murphy when they first got here. And maybe that's flipped now to where Murphy is looking like a better prospect than, than he was or he is, excuse me. The point is, like, he certainly has, has a future. He is a very natural scorer, like you said. He has really natural shooting range out, you know, well beyond the college three-point line. And the size helps with that. Um, and I don't think he's, I'm just going to say, I don't think he's Brian Patrick, one of these guys who we hear about being a shooter and then he never contributes or can't do enough on defense or it just doesn't work out. Um, but I'm like you, I don't, I just don't think it's going to be this year. I have a really hard time. I think he'll play. I think he'll play in a number of games, but I just have a really hard time understanding what his role would be on this team. Um, because I think he's, I think he really is more of a three and but he's going to be behind so many guys that are playing at the two and three. I worry about the defense, at least early, like you said. So I, I totally sincerely believe there's reason to be excited about him and that he will be a guy who can score for K state probably throughout his career. But I would be surprised if, if he is in the rotation, um, this year on a nightly, well, uh, game after game basis. David Sloan, not a freshman, but a new face nonetheless. Um, hearing some big things about David Sloan, I'm honestly not really sure what to expect from him at this point. But my hope for him is to kind of be that experience bridge at the guard position. Yeah. You know, we lost two major senior guards, and with that, we lost a lot of, you know, experience and in-game poise and i hope for david sloan to kind of balance that out a bit what are you thinking he's going to do this year i i feel like i'm going to say i was dumb for saying this and then we go, go back and do a show at the other so you guys can say remember when you said this about excuse me when you said this about david sloan i think out of david sloan mike mcgirl and sean williams david sloan will start the most games Ooh. and so I, yeah so i think people are going to say at the end of the year when he starts like two games and mike starts 30 that i'm really dumb um, but I, but I think, I think he has the best chance of, of settling into being the other guard next to Cartier Jada. Um, I think he's come along pretty fast since his injury faster than they had hoped. I, I know they think he turns it over too much right now and that his defense has to come along. And those are absolutely true, but they don't, they don't feel like either of those are things that he doesn't physically have the ability to fix. Um, I think he's a good, he's a good shooter. He puts some shooting around a guy. If Cardi's going to handle the ball a lot, I think you want a really good shooter off of him. And I think he's a I know, well knows a strong word, but I'm pretty confident he's a better shooter than Mike or Sean. Um, so I, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, most surprising is probably the term I would use. I don't think he's going to be a star, but I think he's probably going to have a bigger role than than most people are looking for from him. I like it. I like it. Uh, next, we're going to get into the final two guys. Um, I'm not, you know, we're not going to try to perpetuate any rumors of. Yeah. Running guys off, but you know we are, are the the cats are overcommitted for the twenty twenty class right. already. Uh, so the guys at the end of the bench probably are going to be Nigel Shad as the first one. James Love is the second. First on Nigel Shad, I mean he's still just a redshirt sophomore. Um, right. Have you heard anything about him possibly taking a step forward, or is it kind of sadly just you know business as usual with him when it. You know, when you see him warming up, you might think to yourself, oh, man, like he, he should be able to, you know, get something done. And sadly, he just can't even find his way onto the floor. Right. I mean, I, I'd love to say that I've heard something that suggests otherwise, but I, I haven't. And he's an interesting guy because of what you just said. And I, I think it was Kurtz who said to me today that he was, you know, talking big told me today. Today, Xavier Steve was there. And Kurtz was talking to him just kind of off to the side. And I want to say he said something that X told Kurt Chad was either like the best or second best dunker on the team. 
And that shocked Kurtz. And I can understand why. I mean, like you wouldn't really you'd think, you know, Cardi and Dejuan and X and that kind of stuff. But then I got to talk. It's like, no, if you watch Nigel Shad, I mean, he went and warm ups messing around. He he plays with his head at the rim. I mean, he is a very good athlete and he looks like a very good athlete. Um, but it just hasn't clicked, you know, for him from a he's a good kid. The coaches like him. It's, it's when I say like accepting coaching. I'm not saying he doesn't listen. He does listen and they do like him. It just hasn't clicked from the coaching translation into how he how he plays. So I'm not saying that he's that he's not going to be here, that he is. And I know you're not asking for that either. Um, but I'd be lying if I said that, hey, I think, yeah, I think Nigel Shad all of a sudden is going to take a leap this year. Like you said, though, he is still just, you know, a sophomore. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I won't skip to James Love because that's not how this format's going. You keep his name out of your damn mouth. I know. Gosh dang it. We were doing so good. And then I just tried to steal it. Anyways, James Love. <laughs> yeah. In a similar vein here, um, you know, I don't expect – too much from James Love, to be quite honest. I just haven't seen it from him so far in his time at K-State. But, hey, in regards to Love and Chad, you know, there are valuable minutes up for grabs um, in the post behind McCall Maywean. And at this point, no one has really proven that they're head and shoulders above the rest, you know, to take those minutes. So, right. Nigel Shad, James Love, as, as much as a chance as anyone at this point, if they want to take a step forward, what do you think? And James Love uh, is like a, a – Oh, I don't want to say poor man's version of Mike McGurl, but you understand the reference has had some moments, you know, like the Texas game in Austin two years ago. Also, the West Virginia game that we referenced Mike McGurl in, like where he's had some flashes where you think, man, James Love helped K-State win that game today. So you you, you want and hope to think you can see more, um, but it just hasn't really materialized. I don't know what his injury is right now, but I know neither him or Nigel Shad played in the scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, Bruce said today that neither are 100 percent. I don't know. I don't I don't believe they're serious. You know, or that kind of thing. But I mean, they've both battled so much injury. So it's just kind of the same thing. Out of those two, I would think it's far more likely that James Love is the guy who takes some of those minutes. And I bet he does. Again, I keep saying stuff like this, but I bet there are games where James Love, you know, plays 10 minutes and makes a difference, you know. But I, I don't, I don't, I think he, he like Nigel Shad, they, they probably are, are going to continue to play a similar role to what they have uh, their first couple of years uh, so far at K State. Yeah, you're probably right. So we can move on from that. Um, this team obviously lost massive contributors, three of their best five players in Cam, Dean, and Barry. So there will be, you know, a lot of minutes to be had this season. How long, Matt, do you think it's going to take for all these guys to fall into their roles? Or do you anticipate some serious growing pains? I, I do anticipate some serious growing pains. Um, I, I don't know how exactly I'd pinpoint when it will change or when they'll get there. Uh, I would hope and think it could happen before big 12 play happens because, you know, like we all know, they still do have a lot, you know, Max played a bunch and Cardi's played a bunch and X and Mike McGurl, of course, uh, Levi Stocker to an extent. So it's not like it's all newness and there's a lot more newness in the league than other teams. But I do just think even the guys that are returning, the roles are so different. You know, Cardi's maybe the number one option now. If he's not, he's number two. X is number one or number two. Those are both different for them. Everyone's roles are so much different. I, I think it's going to be a frustrating start. I don't think a disastrous start. And I think Casey will probably, you know, sneak out some ugly wins while they're learning. But I but I think it's going to take some time just because, you know, aside from basically Mac, you know, everybody's either new or their role has tremendously changed. And I think that'll take some time to get used to. All right, Matt, I'm giving you this potion. It's a world famous mm. truth serum. You give it to the coaching staff. What would you, after you did that, what would they say is the biggest point of concern going into the season? And then what would they say the biggest point of confidence going into the season would be? 
this is fun. I think they would be afraid they're not going to score enough. And I don't mean the, the cute, oh, you got to score enough points to win. Like, I, I think they know or are afraid they will, you know, we've seen K-State go through stretches where, where it can't score, you know, under Bruce Weber. And I think they are afraid that, that that's going to happen this year. Not all the time, of course, but I think that's the thing they're most concerned about. Um, I think on the flip side, I think they genuinely believe um, the program has got to a, a point of self-sustaining at a higher level than it used to. You know, and, and that's a lot of, but it's the whole, the whole culture of effort, championship DNA. Uh, it's all cliche, but I think they actually believe it to where they know and they believe in their hearts what happened, you know, three, four years ago will not happen again. Like, you know, they know they have to work to make sure it doesn't, but they believe it won't happen again. So I think they believe that even if they do go through in terribly bad stretches, it won't impact the rest of their team. And they will still be able to win a lot of games that are ugly. So I think terrified, you know, if they're being honest, of the offense at times, but then probably incredibly confident that they will play hard enough and just be diligent enough that they'll overcome it. So let's say all things go well. Where do you put the ceiling at for this team? If they go great, you know, like that, then I think, you know, I, I would stop short of saying repeat, you know, Big 12 champions, because um, I think that would be probably too much to ask, even in an ideal scenario. But if things go really, really well, I think I think they could be in that race and finish in the top three or four and be, you know, a five or six seed, seven seed in the NCAA tournament. I think it could be a really good K-State team. Um, and I, don't, I, I think that's, you know, going to be a high, a high ceiling to reach for them. But I don't think it's impossible because I think I think Cardi could be a, a potentially great player in the Big 12. I think X is a really, really good player. Max is a good player. Dejuan Gordon may be a, a really good player early. Um, I think they could be a factor in the Big 12 if everything goes well. Alternatively, uh, what do you put the floor at? You know, is there a scenario where we actually finish ninth? I would be really surprised, but it, it's not completely outlandish. I, I, I mean, I. I would set the floor more at like seventh or eighth. I know that's just a one spot difference. Why does it matter? But I don't think they're going to be the second worst team in the big 12. Like I think barring of course the crazy stuff, you know, I mean, massive injuries, like yada, yada, yada. Like, I just don't think I can't see this roster being that bad. So I think a more realistic floor, you know, if a realistic, if a realistic ceiling second or third, you know, a realistic floor might be around, around seventh for me. All right. The final question we'll ask you before all three of us are going to go Finally, on the record, stone cold predictions. Mm-hmm. I am curious because, like I said, you're a much smarter man than I. What do you think the impact of the three point line moving out there is going to have on the K State offense? And then, additionally, we K State fans, above almost any other program in the Big 12, focus so much on their team defense. How is that three point line moving out going to affect the defense as well? I. I'll tell you what I asked. I basically asked those two questions word for word to Bruce Weber today. Damn, I should have um, just gone. I didn't mean. I, I think I literally said. I'm just going to repeat it. I said to him, "Hey, like speaking purely about like scoring and points, will the white, you know, will having more space on offense make up for the difference in having you know a further back three point line to where your offense could still be better?" And then I asked on defense. Does it change? You guys are so, you know, crazy about your closeouts and getting them on certain times on certain shooters. Like, does a few inches change that? So, I mean, like, it was like the exact same thoughts you were having. Um, his answers kind of danced around a little bit. But what I what I think is I don't I don't think it's going to. I'm going to sound really dumb again. I don't think it's going to big picture impact either. 
the offense or the defense. I don't think we're going to look at the offense or the defense and say, boy, because of the new three-point line, they were way more efficient offensively, or because of it, they were way worse defensively. You know what I'm saying? Or way better. Um, I think it's going to impact how the game is played. So, I mean, that's even though I don't think big picture, uh, it's going to make like big differences in numbers necessarily. I think it is going to impact the way it's played because I think K-State and Bruce doesn't love shooting the three anyway, and this will now give them more reason not to. Just because, not just because it's further away, but because they have more space. So I think you're going to see K-State want to take more mid-range shots and, and shots at the basket. Um, and then on defense, I think they're going to be even – they're going to be more willing to leave bad shooters alone. Um, they've already kind of been that way a little bit, but, I mean, I think Bruce really believes that for the guys who are really marginal shooters, you know, that, was, that really it wasn't good for them to take threes anyway, like they're probably going to leave them alone now, but to a good shooter, it doesn't change their thinking at all about how fast they'll close out or rotate that. Cause Bruce doesn't think that to a good shooter, even two or three feet would make a difference. Um, so I don't know if that answers it, but I just thought it was interesting. You asked that cause I wondered the same thing and uh, I'll be really excited to see it. I'm excited for it too. And what I'm also excited for is all three of us going on the record on basketball predictions. As we have said back when predictions were being made, for football, if anyone comes off of these, we will send the Russian mafia yep. after you to kneecap you. So just remember that if you try to come off your predictions. We are going to start always with the beauty, Grant. Then we'll go to the brain, Matt. And then the beast, mm. Scott, me. I will finish up third just in case I want to play devil's advocate on any of this. So we're going to start it off. Grant, like I said, coming to you first. Who is going to lead this team in scoring when it's all said and done? Oh, for me, it's Cardi. Um, I just think, you know, they're fair. I don't have the stats in front of me. They're fairly comparable shooters, but Cardi, I think, is better off the dribble and he's better at getting to the basket. I think that's going to make the difference. Matt. I would echo it pretty much word for word. All right, and I'm I'm going to... I'm going to agree. I think uh, Cardi's going to have to take a step up, but it's, it goes back to what you said earlier. And if you wouldn't have made the point, I might have said uh, Zay, uh, yeah, Xavier Sneed uh, because he do, it seems like he doesn't want to be that focal point. And you said that it almost seems like Cardi wants it maybe even a little too much. So I think that aggressive streak is going to take it. So now we will go down to rebounding. Grant, who's going to lead the team in rebounding? I'll take the easy way out and go with McCall Maween. Matt. I'm just going to copy Grant the whole show, McCall Maween. Nope, this is where I'm going to get a little different, and this kind of comes back to uh, my pet peeve with Mac. I, I just don't know how much he's going to be on the floor. I think Xavier Sneed is actually going to lead the team in rebounding because I think he's going to be on the floor for 30 to 32 minutes. I think Mac is going to be closer to 20 to 22, so – we went with Xavier Sneed grabbing the most rebounds. Um, I'm, very wor- I'm very worried about being wrong on that. I feel like you might be right. I think so, too. I, that, that was, I was really wrestling in my head with, over choosing X on that. Well, too bad. Mm-hmm. I got him. You guys don't. <laughs> the next one, and I think uh, Matt might have showed his hand on this one earlier, but like I said, we'll go to Grant first. Of all the newcomers, who will play the most minutes? I have David Sloan. I think he'll play more than um, Dejon Gordon. I think he'll play a hell of a lot of, at the point. So I got David Sloan. 
I am really, really on the fence right now. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Dejuan Gordon ever so slightly more minutes than David Sloan. But I don't know if I even believe that. I do believe it. And I am saying Dejuan Gordon and ready for this. I'm going to counter your, your statement earlier. I think actually Dejuan Gordon will be that second guard starting when it's all said and done. And I think it'll be, well, although, and this actually gets into a question a little bit later, I think uh, if they are dead set on McCall Maywin starting at the four, um, then this statement will be more definitive, or it wouldn't be more definitive. It would just go with what you said. I think Dejuan Gordon ends up being a starter for 20-plus games this season. Uh, but if there's a question later that actually might make my prediction of him starting more than Sloan, McGurl, and Sean Williams kind of go out the window. But whatever, Dejuan, I'm talking too much. So the next one, sorry. Who will be the defensive stopper this season, that role that Barry Brown claimed on day one as a freshman when Bruce asked people to raise their hand? Grant, who will take up that mantle? This one feels easy. It's X. Sneed. Um, he might already have been a better or at least on par defender with Barry last year. He's longer. He's, you know, he's a hell of a player. I think it's going to be X. Just just to be different, I'll say Xavier S. Um, <laughs> uh, and I mean, you could argue some other people, but one of the things I asked, you know, X today was like, be honest, man, like, do you ever do you ever take possessions off on offense because you're so concerned with your defense? And he said, yeah, I mean, so I think when that's that's your guy, and he's being honest about that, I think he'd, he'd literally rather take time off on offense and defense. I think he's he's still going to be your defensive stopper. Yeah, he will, and my prediction is he will win Big 12 Defender of the Year. So there, there you go. Besides the Marquette game, what non-conference game are you most looking forward to, Grant? For me, it's St. Louis in Kansas City. Um I really love that event. Being at the Sprint Center is a lot of fun. Um, usually it's like a family event for us, so I love it. I think it'd be, I mean, for me, uh, probably going to Tuscaloosa, you know. Like I think that's going to be a, just a really exciting trip to make selfishly, you know, from a basketball perspective. It's not, you know, we could argue a bunch of other games. Um, but I don't know. It's just going to be a really cool experience, something I didn't you know, necessarily think I would do. And so I would say that as Alabama. I think for me, it's actually going to be that game versus Mississippi State up in uh, New Jersey, uh, the Never Forget Classic. I think that's yeah. the name of it. I actually was flirting with the idea of going up to uh, you know New York for a weekend and then going over to New Jersey to see that game. I'm not going to, but I think that's the one outside of Marquette I'm most looking forward to. All right, uh, the next one, what is your perfect world dream scenario starting five for this season, Grant? Perfect world for me, I've got Sean Williams running the point. I've got Cardi at the two, Dejuan at the three, Snead at the four, Maween at the five. That's my perfect world. Matt? Uh, I think, I'm trying to think if there's a different one. If I wasn't going to pick that one, I would put Cardi at the one, Dejuan at the two, uh, nope, I'm going to go with his. Uh, I think his is correct. I would go, you know, ideal Sean, Cardi, Dejuan, X, Mac. Yeah, I I would put in my dream scenario, I'd slide Cardi up to that league guard at the one and actually have Mike out there at the 
uh, two or three, and then Dejuan at whatever position he's not in, and then Xavier and Mac. Um, because I think in in a perfect world, uh, I still am holding out hope that Mike McGurl kind of has that dog mentality and just has the ability to get more fish on offense. And I think I have a little bit more hope for him than Sean Williams. Um, so the next one is, and this is completely, you know, feel there's no way to judge this, but starting with Grant through this season, do you believe it will be a relatively calm season amongst the fan base? Or do you think it will be plagued with unrest? Has there ever been a relatively <laughs> calm season? With the fan base? Um, I don't, I don't know if it'll be, plagued with unrest either but uh definitely expect some growing pains you know there's gonna be some downs twitter will probably be pretty hot people will be chirping basically there will be at some point too many fuckers that will have forgotten that we are <laughs> defending big 12 champs for what it's worth i actually thought it got to a point where it was relatively calm last year until uh the dean wade news um yeah and then matt yelled at me online um I do, I do remember. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't want to. I don't even want to know the specifics because I feel sad thinking about things like that. But I can't even remember the specifics. But I do remember doing it. I, well, I do remember doing it, and I remember not feeling good about it. So yeah. Well, it, well, it was. Uh, I said I was devastated by the news that Dean Wade would be out for the tournament. You did not like yeah. my word choice of devastated, but it's okay. It's something funny. Well, I'm doing. My happiness. My happiness is based off your happiness. And if I read that you're devastated, I can either get devastated myself. Self or just tell you not to be devastated and hope it, and hope it works. Well, I, I would hate to hear that because I'm not happy that often, Matt. I, I want you to be I want you to be much more happy than me. But from your perspective, uh, if given only those two, if you if you aren't going to take the in between like Grant, would you say relative calm or relative or relatively calm or plagued with unrest? No in between. If you had to choose just one of them. If I've got to choose, and I mean, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm going to say relatively calm because um, I'm just begging for it to be a disaster when I say that. But I think there has been, I don't know if you guys catch it on the boards, on Twitter, on, you know, that kind of stuff. A little bit of like people kind of embracing the ninth place thing, not as the stereotypical oh, we're underrated thing. You know, like, you know how fans would be annoying about it. every every fan base says they're underrated. You know what I'm saying? So it's somehow like a unique K-State way of like people who typically wouldn't support it or people who typically are, are slow to embrace the situation are kind of jumping on it fast. And so I think there's a chance that if K-State's just like, okay, you know, like anywhere from fourth to seventh in the big 12, that people are going to kind of continue that whole mantra and, and be relatively calm this season. Yeah. If, if it was on just, I, I think Grant truly is right. I forced you to go one way or the other, but I would agree with you. If you're saying only, of the two extremes, relative calm versus plagued with unrest, I think I would go with relatively calm. I'm hoping, you know, folks look up and you see the banner, you, you get to taunt your KU fan friends that we broke the streak. I think we're going to be a tournament team. Uh, so I, I agree with you. Uh, the next one, this one is a little bit more fun. Grant, starting with you, what players will make different all Big 12 teams? First team, second team, honorable mention, all defense and all freshmen. Oh, man. First team, uh, I don't know. I don't know. First team, I'll say none, sadly. Second team, I'll say Cardi and X. Honorable mention, Mac, all D, X, all freshmen, Gordon. Matt. 
Let's see. First team, I would agree none. Second team, Cardi. Um, honorable mention, X and Mac. All defense, X and Mac. Newcomer, Dejuan. I'm saying that, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna say Cardi makes – no, 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 no. I'm changing my mind. I'm going to say X makes the first team in some weird uh, loophole in, in the team. It's going to show him as like the five-man, kind of like how, you know, Dean Wade, I think uh, his junior year was the only big, quote-unquote, big in the all-Big 12 team. So I think it's going to be some weird team like that, and X is going to get first team. Uh, Cardi is going to get second uh, in the media all team and first in the coaches team. I don't know if that's a thing or not. I'm getting weird. Mac will be honorable mention. Uh, and then on all defense, it will be Mac and Xavier Sneed as well. And I'm going to say Dejuan Gordon shocks the world and is the freshman slash newcomer of the year in the entire Big 12. Mark it down. That'd be exciting. Mark it down. And then finally, uh, just to get everyone on the record one more time, I think I've asked both of you this. Uh, where does K-State finish in the Big 12, and what seed will they have in the NCAA tournament? Grant? God, this is hard. Stone cold uh, locked in pick, so no waivers. He's gonna, I'm so nervous that I've already told him something different already. Well, I think fourth, ooh, fourth. fourth in the conference, we sneak a seven seed. Love it. Matt? Because of our, we we are elite in the non-con this year. Whoa! Okay, so and people is, are it, what, is it what is whatever I say now? Does it trump anything I've already said? Yes. Can this be my no. prediction for people, real? People will forget what we say today. Literally, okay, in four good. days. That's true. Fifth, fifth, <laughs> and an eight seed. I'm riding with Grant. I think Grant is a very attractive and smart man. Fourth mm. and I just seven. got a haircut. Ooh, I need to see the haircut. So fourth and seven. So that that's all. Uh, the predictions, Grant, give us a final statement on what you're looking forward to for this basketball season. What the fuck? You put me on the spot here. All right. Um, what am I looking for? Funny. Also, this is presented by for... mybookie.ag promo code chair. 100% deposit oh, yeah. up to $1,000. I'm, I'm looking for – I'm looking to have a good time. I'm going to get drunk in Bramlage, the Octagon of Booze. And that's all I'm looking for. Okay, alcoholic answer. I love it. Matt, what are you looking forward to this season? Uh, I selfishly really, really like Cartier Jada a lot. And so I'm really excited to watch him play in a manner that, you know, I said second team all Big 12. I think that'd be a great year. It could be better. Um, I just think he's a neat story and a genuinely good kid and a unique person. And uh, I'm really excited to watch him play and think he could have a fantastic year. Perfect, and I'm just looking for uh, looking forward to Big Daddy Bruce swagging on everyone. Um, Matt, since you're our guest, we'll give you the final word. What's going on over at K-State Online? Tell all the folks uh, that they should be subscribing to you and your YouTube page. Yeah, I mean that's what we'd appreciate is subscriptions. And I'll tell you what, if you if you if you already have a subscription and you have a lot of money, just get a second one. You could get a second username. You could, you know, you could tell yourself how smart you're on there. Like you could, you could tell yourself you're a subscriber and you've done all you can, but have you really? I mean, you could do more. Um, you know, uh, I just, we're going to be, it's a fun time of year because, you know, for this basketball football overlap, it's so busy. And we realize like, like today there's so much stuff in the admin that we just keep pushing things back. Cause I'm not trying to be that guy, but like, I think we've ran nine things today and 
uh, it's not going to be that common, you know, that many all the time, but it's, it's a good time to, to follow stuff, whether it's on the YouTube or on the site, we really do appreciate it. Um, and go follow uh, Logan Mance on Twitter. I think it's at Mance, M-A-N-T-Z zero. Mance zero. All right. Oh, can we do like a, can we do like a send them like, you know, you know, the things you do like the otter things. Yeah. What, what do you want everyone to send Logan Mance? He's a Cavaliers fan, and the Cavs are not good. What's a funny Cleveland Cavs? How about like how about like a uh, we got Dean on the Cavs. We don't want to okay Dean. Dean Wade. Anything Dean Wade Cavalier related? Okay, so what's his Twitter handle? One more time. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look at the double check. I'm 99% sure it's at Mance. That's M as in uh, Matt. A N as in Nancy. T Z, and then zero. I'm checking this out. Nope. Oh, said it wrong. Said it wrong. So everybody, everybody, uh, scratch that. It is zero Mance at zero Mance at zero M A N T Z. Okay. So everyone heard this. Send Dean Wade pictures, gifts, and videos to Logan Mance. That is zero M A N T Z. Uh, when you hear exactly. this, load them up uh, and do not say anything about Bosco's boys. Do not link to the show. Don't link to. Matt's Twitter account grants or mine, just no context, no words, just Dean Wade <laughs> pictures, videos, and gifts to zero M A N T Z on Twitter. Yes. I want to add one more thing to my final statement that I'm looking forward to this year in basketball to get you guys and everybody else and myself boned up the dunk alley-oop potential of Gordon, Cardi, and X this year when they're on the floor is going to be absurd. I actually I think Max is going to throw down more dunks this year. How many? I hope he doesn't miss any more dunks. Yeah, that was bad. I thought you were going to just say, and I want to add, I can't wait to see you guys get boned up. <laughs> That's <laughs> I thought it. Stop there. R.I.P. Blue Chew. We put Blue Chew out of business because all the boneheads, oh. all the boneheads got so much free Blue Chew that they're out of business now and can't sponsor <laughs> us now because we're all getting boned up. Oh, I can't breathe. Okay. That's really well, funny. It's really funny. That's all we got. Uh, we love you guys. Um, stay spooky. Enjoy the basketball season. Yes. Maybe I've got it. All right. There it is.
Sports Social Podcast Network.